As we read the gospel records, we read eyewitness accounts of the life and ministry of the Lord Jesus. In a sense, the gospels are just the beginning of Christ's work. The adventure continues in the book of Acts. In this study with Scott Pauley, we consider the continuing work of Christ through the Holy Spirit, who works through the apostles and the New Testament church. Now, let's get in on the adventure. Like our Lord Jesus, if you heard one of the apostles preach, there could be no mistaking what they were trying to say. There was no middle ground. There was no neutral place. You were presented with the truth and called on to respond to it. I fear that in our world today, there is so much passive preaching and so much passive Christianity. We're spectators, and we, we hear so much, and we see so much, and we do so little with what we know. Friends, I want to tell you, it's time to respond. Remember what book we're in, the book of Acts. It's time for action. It's time to, to get off our bench and get in the game. It's time to stop watching from the sidelines and say, all right, how am I to apply this truth to my life? We've come in Acts chapter 2 uh, to the, the closing moments on the day of Pentecost. What a day it must have been. What a day. What an experience it must have been to have witnessed what happened that day. And I'll remind you, it wasn't just Peter's sermon that brought all these people to the Lord. Remember, all those believers were filled with the Holy Spirit and were speaking in a variety of languages the Word of God Everybody was witnessing. Imagine what could happen on a given day if all of God's children just opened their mouth, filled with the Holy Spirit, and started speaking about the Lord Jesus Christ. Peter's sermon was really just the culmination of it all. It was the, the climactic event of, of what happened that day. And it brought the people to a point. What was that point? It was a point where they had to respond to the truth. No middle ground. They had to say yes or no. They had to accept or reject. They had to obey or disobey. It was time to respond. Listen to Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse number 37. Now, when they heard this, speaking of Peter's sermon, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. <laughs> what a response! 3,000 souls responded to the gospel. 3,000. Wouldn't we like to see a day like that again? And yet may I say to you that our response must always be individual. You see, the numbers here are amazing. But I'll remind you that in that mass of humanity and the multitude of people, there were individuals responding to the word of God. You cannot respond for others, but you must respond for yourself. You can't choose for everybody else what they're going to do with the Word of God, but you must choose for yourself. And when you're presenting truth to others, you should call for a response. An old whaler uh, said of his pastor's sermon generations ago, he said it was a nice sermon enough, but there was no harpoon in it. <laughs> 
nothing to grab, nothing to catch. Daniel Webster said, When I attend upon the preaching of the gospel, I wish to have it made a personal matter, a personal matter, a personal matter. That doesn't mean that you leave people to figure it out on their own. It means you call them personally to respond to the truth. They said of Jonathan Edwards that his doctrine was all application and his application was all doctrine. In other words, it's not enough to simply give information. There must be application. Wesley said of a preacher named Robert Hall in his day, you do not hear in him the voice that says, thou art the man. You see, the right kind of preaching is going to get down where people live and say, look, you're the man, and this is what you're to do. Here is the response that should come. I would challenge you to look up the story of the one night D.L. Moody did not give an invitation for people to respond. The great tragedy that grew out of that, it, it changed his ministry, changed his life. He said, I will never again preach the gospel without calling on people to respond to the truth. Think of this. Christ was the great inviter. What was his great word? Come. Come. All right, if Christ is the great inviter, how could his messengers leave people where they are? Every Bible message, every gospel witness, every testimony should call on hearers to believe and obey God. Divine revelation always demands a response. So let me give you just two or three thoughts from the verses that we've read here about the response on the day of Pentecost and how we can apply it. First of all, in verse 37, there was conviction. We see that because the Bible says they were pricked in their heart. Can I just remind you, conviction is the work of the Holy Ghost. You can't bring conviction. You can only bring truth. But as you give the truth, the Spirit of truth uses the sword of the Spirit, and he pricks the heart of people, and he brings conviction. One mark of conviction is that these people ask, men and brethren, what shall we do? I've noticed this even dealing with little children. You always know the Holy Spirit's working on them, dealing with them. Not when you're simply telling them things, but when they begin to ask questions. And so as we give the truth, we must depend on the Holy Spirit to bring the conviction. Remember, Jesus said the Holy Spirit would draw men to Christ, would draw men to repentance. Then in verse 38, we have not only conviction, we have an invitation. That's right, an invitation. What is the invitation? Repent. Be baptized. By the way, uh, people say, is the baptism here to wash away sins? No. Uh, The baptism here is the evidence that they have repented of their sins and their sins have been washed away. The parallel to that is in verse 41. When they received the word, they were baptized. It was the natural next step of obedience, the outward sign of the inward change. Peter invites them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. And so when there's conviction, there should be invitation. Then the conviction that leads to an invitation leads to a consolation. Uh, Peter says to them, uh, you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, the promises to you and to your children, to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. I love that thought. He does not leave them in their sin and under conviction and condemnation. He gives them the consolation of the word. Bring people to assurance, to certainty. Not confidence in self, but confidence in God. And then in verse number 40, you have exhortation. With many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. As we give the truth, as we give the promises of God, we should urge them earnestly to believe and to obey. 
And then there's the reception in verse 41. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. That's what we should pray for. Now, their response is not my responsibility. My responsibility is to give the truth of the gospel and call them to repentance and faith. But isn't it beautiful when we see this kind of glad reception where some say, yes, that is exactly what I want. No doubt there were more there than the 3,000, but 3,000 received. Not everybody you witness to is going to be saved. Not everybody you witness to is going to be saved immediately. But friend, our job is to keep getting the truth out and calling people in. This is our, this is our work, to give the word of the gospel and then call on people to repent and believe that gospel and have their sins forgiven. Can I challenge you to do that today? If you've never responded to God, respond yourself. It's time to respond. And if you do know the Lord as your Savior, don't be passive about your Christian witness. Invite men courageously to respond to the gospel and seek to lead them to Jesus Christ. The same is true today as it was then. The Lord is at work in this world through His Holy Spirit, drawing people to Himself. What a privilege as God's children to be a part of what God is doing in this world today. If you'll visit enjoyingthejourney.org, you will find many resources that will equip you as you walk with the Lord. You will find previous podcast series and episodes, full-length Bible messages, and a topical search engine that will aid you in studying Bible subjects. If this podcast is a blessing to you, we hope you will share it with a friend. Be sure to join us on the next episode of this continuing adventure through the book of Acts. Acts.